when the howls of the evening find you, and the skeletons in your closet begin to shift and change, you'll know it's time for the Pike Horror Show. Hello, my name is Richard, and this is the Pike Horror Show, the only podcast that my mom listens to. Hi, Mom. This week on the show, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite horror video games of all time, and one of my favorite games in general, the Dead Space Trilogy, or more specifically, Dead Space 1. Now, normally I'd be willing to talk about Dead Space at any given moment, but a couple of things have happened that made me want to talk about it right now. EA has been talking more about their Dead Space remake lately. Striking Distance Studios, which was founded by one of the co-creators of the original Dead Space series, is coming out with a game called The Callisto Protocol, which looks like a spiritual successor of Dead Space with a twist. Not to mention, I just recently replayed all of them over the course of like a week. So it looks like it's shaping up to be the summer of Dead Space. Also, before I go too much further, Mom, this one's gonna be about video games. You don't have to listen, it's okay. Anyway, if you don't know anything about Dead Space, it is a sci-fi, survival, horror, action-adventure, third-person shooter created by Visceral Games and released in 2008. At least that's when the first one came out. There are two numbered sequels, as well as spin-offs, books, comic books, and even a movie. On the Dead Space Wikipedia page, it says that it was heavily inspired by the game Resident Evil 4 and the movies Event Horizon and Solaris. And anyone who's familiar with Dead Space and those inspirations can see the influence immediately. And although those are the influences listed in the first paragraph on Wikipedia, anyone who's played the games can also see influences from the Alien franchise and John Carpenter's The Thing. And anyone who listens to the Pike Horror Show knows I talk about those movies all the time. Anyone who knows me personally knows I only like four things. Scary stuff. Science fiction. Third-person shooters. Cool monsters. It's like the first Dead Space game was a love letter to 14-year-old me. In Dead Space, you play as Isaac Clarke, a space engineer looking for his girlfriend on a ship infested with monsters. And for those of you who aren't in the know, a space engineer is like a normal engineer, except in space. Just to give a super brief plot setup, essentially Isaac is working on this ship, the ship was tasked with rescuing this other ship, and when they get to that ship, they crash, so the whole game is about trying to get off of that ship. In the meantime, the Ishimura, the ship they were trying to rescue, has been overrun by these horrible zombie alien monsters. In the game, they're called Necromorphs, which is kind of a fun reference to the Xenomorph in the Alien franchise. Xeno, meaning other slash different in origin, and Necro, which means dead, which makes sense because in Dead Space, the alien virus only affects dead bodies. And they both share the suffix morph because whoever's infected inevitably morphs into that creature. I'm sure there's a better way to explain it, but that's what they do. They morph. Anyway, in just the first few minutes, Dead Space shows you, the player, that it's not fucking around. And it does this by scaring the ever-living hell out of you. Even back in 2008, cinematics were kind of a staple for any game coming out, and even Dead Space kind of gives you all of the startup information in a cinematic. However, when Isaac first meets the Necromorphs, it's not during a cinematic, even though it has all the setup and importance of one. Isaac and his crew officially board the ship, and you are sort of separated from the crew while you're learning the tutorial. But while Isaac is separated from the crew and you, the player, are still kind of learning the ropes, the lights cut out and these horrible mangled monstrosities attack the crew. So there you are, playing the game. You never lose control of the camera. The lights go out. So you are forced as the player to look through the window onto your crew being attacked, and the only light is the fire of machine guns. 
And what those flashes of light show are flickers of these horrible abominations that you never really get a good look at. And although it's not a cinematic, the other characters are calling to you and yelling for you to get away. It never takes away your control, it never interrupts gameplay, so when you, as Isaac, get away from the situation, it's a reaction. It doesn't shatter the immersion with this, like, action hero dialogue and then points you in the right direction with a big flashing arrow. You become Isaac Clark. Isaac Clark is in this situation, so you have to get away. You're on a strange spaceship. You don't know what's going on. The lights are out. You're hearing these terrible noises and the screams of your crew. It takes the first few minutes of the game when you're starting to feel like you're figuring everything out, and then it forces you into a what-the-fuck-is-going-on situation. And for me, personally, that's one of my favorite types of horror. The location isn't familiar, the situation isn't obvious, and the pursuer, these monsters, don't make any sense even when you get a good look at them. They don't have a form that's easy to understand, and they don't behave in a way that you know they're supposed to. In some horror titles, especially movies, they're pretty reliant on you being able to see what's scary. Like, just as quick examples, the Cenobites from Hellraiser or Pennywise from It. Sure, they're unsettling, but you kind of understand. You might not understand them exactly, but you kind of understand what you're looking at. Pinhead is a guy with pins in his head. Pennywise is a clown, and clowns are scary. And I may be oversimplifying a little bit, but this is just a starting point. And some horror titles rely really heavily on you not knowing what the scary thing looks like. Like The Witch from The Blair Witch Project, or The Babadook from The Babadook. Those films are more or less centered around the titular character, but you don't really get a good look at him. So the whole movie is suspense in the purest form. The movie plays on, but your mind is lost in the what if and sort of makes up its own things to be afraid of. And sometimes the creator will even show you in full focus what the monster is, and the viewer will be like, okay, there it is, finally, I see it, but what am I looking at? I think the movie Alien is a great example of this. Throughout the movie, you're getting these little flashes of the monster, and then eventually you get to see it in broad daylight in full force, and you still don't really get it. Even in its sequel, Aliens, you see more and more xenomorphs, but when you see them, it doesn't make any more sense. You still don't really understand their form or their anatomy or how they look like that. They're absolutely terrifying when they're crawling around in air ducts and waiting for you around the corner, but even if they're just standing 10 feet away from you, they're still pretty terrifying. Dead Space has that monster design down to a science. I played Dead Space as a teenager and I've replayed it over the years, but even as recently as 2022, when I look at the necromorphs, I don't understand what they are. Right when I started replaying the game, I managed to kill one and I just took a minute to try and understand it. Necromorphs are created by a virus infecting human flesh and sort of manipulating it into these monsters, but the end result is barely even humanoid. Sometimes they're just straight up not humanoid. Some are seven feet tall and they look like they exploded out of a human body, while some are like a human torso with a long tail and the head is a skull with pieces of flesh barely hanging onto it. I'm not going to describe all the necromorphs, but they're vaguely human in very inhuman ways. So once you get going on Dead Space, you're basically an engineer trying to do engineer stuff to fix a ship. But you're a space engineer in space, you're not a soldier. So when Isaac Clark boards the Ishimura, he's not armed with the latest assault rifle. He's not armed at all. In fact, the Ishimura is a mining vessel, so the first thing he finds to defend himself is a handheld mining device, a plasma cutter. And while there are armaments on the ship, 
most of the things you use to defend yourself aren't weapons. It's not the latest, coolest action game where you carry nine shotguns and plow through zombies. You're trapped and isolated and you're doing anything you can to survive. And while Dead Space is more of a monster game and less of a zombie game, a lot of zombie games have that as an element. In Dead Rising, you're in a mall, so you're going around finding pieces and making these makeshift weapons. In Dead Island, you're on a vacation resort doing something similar. And there are plenty of fun zombie games where you get to be super overpowered and blow up a bunch of zombies, but there's something very interesting and realistic about doing anything you can to survive. Especially if it leans into that sort of obscure side. Like in Dead Space, you're using mining equipment, and in Dead Rising, you're using a shopping cart full of swords. Another thing Dead Space does that I think is really amazing is the way it handles immersion. It doesn't clog the screen with HUDs or overlays. Everything you need to know is presented in an almost realistic way. Your amount of ammunition isn't tucked away in a corner. It's actually being projected off the weapon itself so it's not interrupting your line of sight. When you open your inventory, it doesn't pause the game or put a big new window in front of you. It's projected by your uh, futuristic wrist thingy. Instead of showing your health as a huge Dark Souls-style health bar that goes all the way across the screen, your health is shown to you as a series of lights that go down Isaac's spine and it blends in perfectly with his armored spacesuit. And while there are cinematics peppered into the game, there are a lot of parts that are cinematic-worthy or give you information a cinematic might, but you don't lose control. So they show you all of these important things, but they don't break the illusion. Everything seems sort of practical. There are definitely parts of Dead Space that feel kind of gimmicky and video gamey, and those can definitely break the immersion. But even with those immersion breaking parts, it's a big step away from games that just put a huge HUD in your face so you never forget you're playing a video game. In my opinion, it is easily one of the best science fiction horror experiences ever. Isaac Clarke is using whatever he can find to fight off monsters on this abandoned ship, all while wearing a fucking rad spacesuit and fixing space engines and doing all of these science fiction-y things. Most of the game, Isaac's moving through these dimly lit, tight areas knowing that a necromorph could explode out of any vent or the floor or the wall or the ceiling at any moment. You're alone, you're isolated, you have this level of suspense, you don't know if you can handle what's waiting for you on the other side of a door. But other times you're fixing the ship's engine or you're fixing the artificial gravity or you're exploring these areas that set up what it's like to live in this futuristic world. And going even deeper into the game, you start to learn about lore. You learn about these cults that worship the necromorphs and think they're the next level of evolution. You find videos and writings talking about the people who escaped the initial necromorph attack. These snippets are used to kind of flush out the world, to give you, the player, tips on how to play the game. But others are just used to make the Ishimura feel like a lived-in place. Like there were quote-unquote real people who lived there. I say lived because they inevitably got ripped apart by monsters. It's kind of a bummer game. I'm not going to pretend I don't have pretty thick nostalgia goggles for Dead Space, but I do think if you've never played it and you're interested in any of the things I've talked about, it's worth checking out. It's available on Steam right now, and I'm pretty sure it's included on the Xbox Game Pass. Sure, it came out in 2008, but if you have the time and patience and want to overcome the ravages of time, I think Dead Space is great and important both in video games and the horror genre. Not to mention, its sequel, Dead Space 2, is one of the best sequels ever made, and I can't wait to talk about it. Psst, this is my way of enticing you.
So you follow the show. That way you can hear me talk about Dead Space 2 in the future. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to check out older episodes. And if you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow the show. The show comes out every week. It's always about something new. And it's about anything horror, so the rules are uh, are pretty lax. A link to the show's Twitter is in the bio. A man lives in your walls. And thank you again for listening. Anyway, my name is Richard, and this has been the Pike Horror Show. <laughs>